Welcome to the fourth episode of Fire in My Belly, the only LGBT art history podcast since everyone else realized it was a bad idea. I'm your host and owner of an undisclosed number of VHS copies of Pokemon the Movie, Catherine Grafham. You may have noticed from the title of the show that this episode is going to be featuring a guest, Nero O'Reilly. You're probably yelling at your device asking where he is for me to shut up and to bring on someone else, but in due time, my child. The first segment of this show will be as usual, maybe a little bit more condensed, and the second half will be a conversation recorded with Nero about the art. I plan on continuing this format for future episodes, so please tell me if you enjoy it. Don't tell me if you don't enjoy it, because I only want positive affirmation about my insecurities. Thank you. Also, I'm going to put a huge not-safe-for-work warning on this episode. Um, This artist mainly drew gay porn, like serious gay-on-gay action. If you don't want to hear about dicks and stuff, then, like, I don't even know what you're doing here. Um, But you might want to skip this one. As you've probably gathered from the title. Today we are talking about the infamous and highly influential gay erotica artist, Tama Finland. This subject was brought on because I actually recently went to a screening of the new movie that just came out about Tama Finland. I saw it at the Cable Car Cinema in Providence, Rhode Island for the Art and Design Film Festival. I went with the lovely musician and friend Mel Stone, link in the description to her music, and I had a great time. The Cable Car Cinema was like a great little art house theater, and I'd really recommend going to it if you're in the Providence area. And the film was lovely as well. I had some problems with it, like, as a movie in terms of its structure and pacing and stuff like that, but I'm not really a movie critic, so um, I probably shouldn't even be talking about it because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, But yeah, I thought it was great overall, and I would really recommend checking it out. For those who are not familiar, Tama Finland is essentially the grandfather of gay smut and is attributed to popularizing leather fetishization, um, you know, like motorcycle fetishes and probably gigantic cocks uh, within the gay community. It's estimated, and this is a low estimate, that he created over 3,000 images during his career, probably more, and he was super prolific. And one thing that I think makes him especially interesting is that he was really highly technically skilled and he often blurred the line between what was fine art and what was porn. Um, And I honestly think that it can be appreciated as both. He mainly used graphite for his illustrations and a lot of his work has this polished and controlled look and his compositions are amazing He was master at composition, and he himself hoped to be considered the Norman Rockwell of gay erotica, and I think he definitely lives up to that. But let's rewind and start from the beginning. Tama Finland was born under the name of, and I'm going to butcher this, Tauko Valio Laksanen? Um... (laughs) Uh, in Finland, of course, right after World War II in 1920. And it's just three years 
before his birth that Finland actually gained independence and become its own country. So he was birthed quite literally into the birth of his own country. And for a little bit of context, Finland at this time was almost 100% Lutheran and the laws followed their rigid guidelines into what was sexually acceptable and kind of still remained in this Soviet mindset. And, and while it gained independence, it, the culture kind of still had a resonation of uh, what came before it. But he had a pretty standard upbringing. He had four siblings. His parents were teachers. They actually lived in the back of the school that Tom went to and that they taught at. And from a young age, Tom was already infatuated with burly men and drew them almost immediately. But in his in his youth, he did try to conform to the heterosexual standards. Um, he had a couple girlfriends. I think he even lost his virginity to a woman. But he realized that that is not where his interests lied. And he kind of gave this up sort of when he became an adult. He did, however, know that he was going to be an artist. And he went to art school in the largest city of Finland, Helsinki. I don't know if that's how you pronounce that. To escape the small town life. And again, you see this kind of like fulfillment of like the urbanizing gay trope of moving to the city. But I mean... You know, at this time, there's no way to really find gay community outside of just running into people, so cities were the easiest place to do that. But he quickly found that art school did not satisfy him. It was a very business-focused endeavor, and he spent most of his time outside of schoolwork alone, furiously drawing buff dudes while masturbating. Um, <laughs> he's very open about this. At first, the tropes... Um, that he illustrated were country men sort of like illustrating the the men he idealized growing up, um, the ones he saw in his childhood. But when he moved into the city, he started drawing like police figures, um, leather wares, street punks, kind of the men that he would see around and was influenced by the beefcakes that surrounded him. He was kind of obsessed with drawing dicks and his sexual imagination dictated his artistic interests. Um, even he said, quote, if my cock would not stand up while I was working on a drawing, I could not make the drawing work. I guess it's as, as true of an influence as any other. It's He's just more overt about it, I suppose. But during art school, uh, World War II began to unfold, and the Russian army was right up against the border of Finland. So Tom's studies are interrupted and he's sent to basic training. And the maximum amount of men in Finland were now in the military, approximately 60%, which took up almost everyone who was old enough to serve, but not too old. So 60% of the male population. And this like completely turned the country around, as you can imagine. And when looking at Tom's art, if it's not clear, uh, he had a major uniform fetish. But the problem was, is that he couldn't draw out these fantasies like he used to when he was in school because he had no privacy in the barracks. Um, he was constantly surrounded by people and had no time to draw uh, dirty drawings. He, he did some art, but it was mostly portraits that are still pretty lovingly drawn, but um, 
nothing overtly sexual. He did, however, begin cruising at this time at night during what was citywide blackouts to conserve on power. So this was like the main way um, men were having sex. And because you didn't have, you know, you weren't able to have a gay relationship and you were under the cover of night when there was no light. So it was like the perfect situation to have anonymous sex. And he had a lot of success finding partners. And he maintained this routine almost every night of walking around and cruising. And and this comes back to a lot of his art. A lot of his art is sort of set in cruising scenes, like out in the forest or behind buildings and things like that. Uh, definitely uh, the, the sex that he was seeking out influenced the drawings that he made later. After the war ended, Tom became pretty depressed due to the failure of Finland in the war. He had like a lot of national pride, I would say. And Finland losing in the war was like a huge damper on um, pretty much everyone in the country. And he became unemployed and started drinking heavily. And he said that even military uniform disgusted him at this time because he was so ashamed. To write his spirit, he went back to art school, um, but he also studied piano, which, you know, music was a big love of his. During the day, he would study art, and at night, he would go and play gigs at, at bars and hotels. At this time, the gay scene, which was only behind closed doors and still highly illegal, was very polarized. You either had extremely effeminate men, drag queens, or probably trans women, or completely straight acting men who either were straight in their day life or were very closeted about being gay that were difficult to find because they they did not want to risk being discovered. Um, And Tom was not really able to fit in because he sought out these masculine straight acting men um, and, and had no interest in more in femininity. And he was really frustrated by the ways the law contorted gay life and made it almost impossible to live normally. As he's working more prolifically doing erotica art, Tom begins to distribute his work locally and privately among men he had sex with. All these men were ecstatic about his art because no one had ever actually drawn gay erotica before, and his was exceptionally well done, so everyone was just blown out of the water. He did have trouble, though, because in 1954, a man who he was sleeping with in Germany robbed him of all of his art, his passport, and his money, so he ended up becoming stuck in Germany with no identification, and at this time, no one really trusts Finland, so he was kind of under custody for over a week until he was able to prove he was Finnish, but while also not um, alluding to the fact that he was gay since he was robbed by a man in a hotel, and they had some questions about that. Tom's work finally began to be circulated in the U.S. in the late 1950s, which is when his name was first really coined, since um, American publishers realized that uh, his birth name was way too difficult to remember. I can't even remember it. And Tom of Finland just stuck. When his work was distributed, it had to be done in such a way that was not overtly sexual since the post office had restrictions on the kind of material you could distribute and it was still illegal to be gay. 
So the material that they distributed was simultaneously not overt enough to be read as gay by straight people, but was able to connect with gay men on an intuitive level. These were called beefcake magazines. Tom's work did brilliantly with this audience because gay men would see how lovingly illustrated these only half-naked men were and immediately were like, these are gay images. And he constantly rode that line of only alerting the right people to the true nature of the art. When he did a cover of Shirtless Lumberjack Men on his breakout cover of Physique Pictorial, which was the first real beefcake magazine that was distributed in the United States, like the gay community went nuts because even in the U.S., no one had really even seen this. The magazines were mainly photos and considered physique studies, essentially. So this art was like a total revelation. As the laws surrounding what you could send in the post loosened and the sexual revolution of the 60s and 70s took effect, a gay publishing company called Revolt Press in Sweden opened up. They commissioned Tom to do multiple full-length books in a sequential narrative style that was kind of similar to a comic that were such big hits that Tom was actually able to switch his full-time employment to being a gay erotica artist. After much pleading, Tom was finally set to come to the U.S. in 1978. He was planned to have a full exhibition of his work that was going to be turned into a calendar that was commissioned by some rich gays in none other than L.A. L.A., San Francisco, and New York City at this time were the main gay hubs. The the, the 70s are, are kind of considered the glory days of the 20th century for white gay men at least, because it was after the Stonewall riots kicked things into high gear, but was before AIDS completely devastated the community. And when Tom landed in LA, he had a lot of fantasies about what it would be like and was afraid that nothing was going to live up to the ideas that he had about the freedom of US. But when he was greeted at the airport, he was treated like a god. Gay men who had been jacking off to his drawings for over two decades were finally able to meet the man that gave them such pleasure, and they were so enthralled by his appearance. They had full leather suits made for him, he was hosted in lavish hotels, and was picked up at the airport by an entire fleet of motorcycles driven by leather daddies, which is just a completely insane (laughs) mental image. One of the funnier incidents when he was in the U.S. was during an opening where a photographer who was supposed to exhibit at the same gallery after Tom was showing him his prints. Uh, Tom accidentally spilled a bunch of wine on the photos, and it turns out that that photographer was none other than Robert Mablethorpe, who became maybe the most famous gay photographer of the century. L.A. soon became a second home for Tom. He would spend up to half a year in California because, I mean, nothing could really quite beat the muscular leather men of America that he always fantasized about. But as with Keith Haring, who I talked about in the first episode, the 1980s kind of put gay life on hold. Many of the collectors, previous lovers, friends, and fellow artists died of AIDS at this time. Tom was completely devastated by this and... It really took hold of him on a personal level. But in his art, he tried to emphasize safe sex, which 
is admirable since he had, you know, seen the devastations of aid firsthand. He didn't want to promote the spread of it any further and would often draw his men with condoms on. While Tom was lucky enough to never get AIDS himself, his health did begin to decline in the late 80s to early 90s because he fell ill to emphysema, most likely to being a lifetime smoker, and he died in November of 1991. Before his death, though, the Tom of Finland Foundation was set up, the main purpose being the preservation and displaying of the art that Tom made throughout his career. Since a lot of his drawings were either stolen lost or destroyed during the 19th century, there is an ongoing need to keep his art alive so that people like me, who were born even after his death, can still appreciate it. So with the biography portion of this show complete, I'd like to take a little break before the discussion part and tell you how you can support the show. If you go over to patreon.com forward slash fire in my belly podcast, you can become a patron that will give you access to additional material for each episode for just $1 a month and more perks for higher donations. Supporting the work that goes into this show is incredibly appreciated. If you can't pledge, however, which is totally fine, sharing the podcast on social media and rating and reviewing it on iTunes is still a huge help. So you can go over to patreon.com forward slash fire my belly podcast to become a patron. Okay, let's get into the discussion. So hello. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing good. <laughs> it's my day off, so. Oh, excellent. Exciting. Are you completely self-employed? Yes. Oh, awesome. That's nice that you give yourself uh, days off and days on. Yeah, I, uh, I've i gone through a couple bouts of uh, tendinitis and Ooh, shit. was like, hmm, I should, uh, should take days off. <laughs> yeah, I find it hard to manage that because I have a tendency to work every single day if I let myself. Yep. Unless I'm like literally physically unable to work. I will usually end up doing some work. Yeah. I, I still only give myself a one day off because two, two seems a little too excessive in, <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> I mean, that's that's like the freelance life. I yeah. How, how dare I take a day off? Yeah, I know, right? Um, <laughs> so I think the last time we had a conversation that wasn't text-based was probably... Anthrocon 2013? I think so. It's been quite a while. 2012, maybe? No. It feels like a million years away to me. I feel like a completely... That, like, that was another lifetime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it was 2012, actually. Because I wasn't selling oh then. No, no, no. You were... You. I think you had a dealer's table. Okay, that, was, that would have been 2013 then. Okay, yes. So, let's talk about um, Tom of Finland. Yes, let's. Um, it's, I feel like there's a lot to unpack, um, the good and the bad. Yes. Um, and I wanted to get your 
feelings on it and your perspective. I feel like I have a lot more... I have a different perspective now that I've done, um, like, more research and coming at it from a more, like, like historical um, perspective mm. than I did, like, just engaging with the art itself and, like, having a little bit of a academic uh, interaction with it, but really kind of just, like, seeing it float around the internet or, like, maybe in, like, adult stores. I'm not mm. even sure. I feel like you just, like... With Tom of Finland, you just end up consuming it at any given point, like, just by proxy of being queer. <laughs> yeah, my first um, exposure when did you first, to... Uh, oh, yeah, when was your first, like, exposure to Tom of Finland? Uh, I remember it being some kind of, uh, like, joke meme image on some mm. forum I was on. And somebody posted it as a joke, like, haha, here's a sexy Santa. I was like, no, wait. <laughs> so funny. This, this is a good picture, actually. <laughs> Who drew this? Yeah, this is a really funny joke. I need it for research. <laughs> mm-hmm. I need it for my meme folder to laugh at and um, not look at and get sweaty. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so that was how I found how I found that. Mm-hmm. Did you have more, like, steady engagement with it? Like, did you seek it out after, like, understanding what it was? Oh, definitely. Immediately. So you were, like, immediately sought out, like, who made this and, and like, can I get more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, I believe, the Tama Finland website used to have all of his work on there. Oh, so okay. I just kind of binged, viewed it all at once. Mm. That's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot. He drew a lot. Yes, he was quite prolific. I mean, I guess it's like kind of easy to be when you're like enjoying what you're doing so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On many levels, definitely. Um, yeah. So, like, as an artist, um, like, and as an adult, and with more like. Um, years under your belt, would you, how would you say your feelings about him and his art are, like, do you think it's, like, impacted your work at all? Definitely, yeah. A lot of his politics don't necessarily hold up, but that's Mm. how it is when you, like, an artist from a different era, is they tend to say weird things. But I do think his, the way he looked at his work definitely impacted me a lot. He always made a point of even in some of his his weirder, like, the the non-consensual style, like, porn comics mm. he used to do, he always tried to make this point of making everybody happy and, like, enjoying what yeah. was going on. Yeah, I was actually... I, I That was going to be one of the things that I wanted to talk about, because it's, like, everyone is happy despite uh, the world being pretty fucking shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And and I think that was, like, probably partly intentional, right? Yeah, definitely. Like, um, he he uh, served in a World War II in the Finnish Army. Right. So I, I can imagine why you would want everyone you draw to be very happy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, from, from my research into him, he didn't really have, like, that... Like, he... The Finnish role in World War II was, like, relatively tame... Yeah, yeah. Um, so I feel like that probably aided in him, like, 
walking away from the experience still into the idea of like soldiers are hot and like yeah. war can be sexy and <laughs> things that are like kind of not I don't know I don't know how I feel about them but what if um, a cop was nice and wanted to be my <laughs> friend and I could touch his boob oh jeez yeah how do you feel about like his fetishization of um men in power um, and, like, specifically the, like, fixation on uniforms, and it's, like, a, it's a lot. Yeah, it's, I, I get why, and he doesn't have the, the context of, uh, growing up in America to really, mm-hmm. he wouldn't have necessarily seen as to why that might be, uh, bad, <laughs> but, um, I, I'm not a fan of that, personally. I recently watched the, last night I just watched the 2017 movie, the biopic. Oh, I was gonna, yeah, that was gonna ask you if you've seen the movie, because I, I went to a screening of it, like, right when it came out. It's really interesting. Um, there's definitely some movie magic in there. Uh, I don't yes. think he ever killed a man. <laughs> I, I don't think so either. I, yeah, that was like... There was, like, definitely some discrepancies between his life and the movie, which, like, I get. Yeah. But I'm, like, he had, like, four siblings. Yeah. And they only focused on the one, and it was, like, that weird, it was, like, weird triangle. It was just very strange. Yeah. It, uh, it was motivating, though. It makes me want to go draw yeah. a bunch of nude guys, so... Mm, mm-hmm. That's always good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I felt it was nice going to a screening of it because, like, all these, like, old gay dudes, it was, like, almost entirely old gay dudes. And, like, tons of them were in, like, leather and, like, wearing Tom of Finland shirts and stuff like that. And I'm just, like, it was it was nice because I felt like they definitely would have, like, a different perspective and, like, probably were, grew up with it and, like, Mm -hmm. probably did mean a lot to them. Yeah. Despite uh, the iffy qualities of it, I feel like it's, it's complicated because it's, like, a lot of the stuff he did was bad, but was also beneficial to people. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I've, I've met multiple people who have said they they didn't realize they were into men until they saw Tom of Finland work. Oh, wow. Because it's so prevalent outside mm-hmm. of just, uh, like, gay erotica. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I mean, there's, there's even, like, uh, there's a coffee brand that has, uh, Tom of Finland art on it. And, uh, I remember posting it on Twitter a while back and people were like, I don't know why I think this is sexy, but I like it. (laughs) Just, just you wait. (laughs) There's more. Yeah, just wait. Let it simmer. Let that shit brew. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like a really interesting thing is that, like, even his non-explicitly sexual work is still, like, it just, like, emanates gay. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just gay. (laughs) Like, I don't know what it is. It, like, transcends sex in that it's just, like, you look... It could just be a Tom of Finland 
drawing of a man completely clothed, and you'd be like, oh yeah, no, like that's it's that's very, very gay. gay. <laughs> The uh, the focus on the butt probably helps. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you read about it yet, but uh, I was reading last night, uh, checking all my, my Tom of Finland facts. Uh, apparently he had a, a strong hand in the invention of what is essentially the skinny jean. Oh, okay. I didn't know the skinny yeah. jean specifically. Yeah, yeah. Like that, that very... Uh, the idea in fashion of having the the clothes uh, fit the man rather than the other way mm. around was apparently partially because of him. Uh, the uh, the creative director for Gucci, Tom Ford, apparently lists him as an, a huge influence. Oh which is wow! Interesting. Didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> he's had like a huge hand in the fashion industry. Yeah, I, I mean, it definitely makes sense. He also had a huge. He like. He didn't invent it, but he definitely popularized, like, Leather Daddies. and Definitely, definitely. And, like, the mustache and, like, motorcycle fetishization. Like, that whole... Th- which is, like, so... It's still so alive today. Yeah, very much so. I feel like you can go to a gay bar and you still see... Not that I do. Um, but <laughs> you can still, uh, like, see his influence on, like the culture around it. Oh, yeah, yeah. As uh, as someone who was at one recently, definitely. <laughs> Which gay bar? Uh, the, um, oh, man, uh, the Mercury here in Seattle, mm. they have a, they have a goth night. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. That is actually one of the few times I do go to, it's like, gay bars. Is... Oh, Iris says it's the creme work, sorry. <laughs> Checking your facts, babe! Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the, the creme work has a goth night. Mmm, I love goth night. It's, it was good. A plus. Good. Um... <laughs> I feel like there's there's a, maybe a little bit of a crossover there. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> I went to a, uh, a gay bar in Iceland recently. Oh, wow. And even that still felt... It felt like it was still... Not, like, stuck in the 70s, but had that um, sense of freedom mm-hmm. or, like, revelation of... of like gay identity, mm-hmm. um, I think his work came to the United States at like just the right time. Definitely, yeah. It's interesting how much of his stuff has been uh, bootlegged as well. Yes, yeah, that's wild. Like I know that came up in the the biopic once, but uh, I remember uh, reading that it was specifically well, part of it was specifically because. Uh, he drew a lot of uh, black men back in the 60s. And, oh, really? Yeah, and United States publishers would not would not have any of that because it was still, like, mm. immoral, quote-unquote. So a lot of people bootlegged his stuff uh, from Europe because he was still able to get some of it published in uh, outside of Finland, uh, and people would take that and take it to the States. <laughs> do, do you feel like... There are some iffy racial implications in his art, or is it more 
like the community in general. I just like it, it's difficult to figure out where he fits. Yeah. In uh, all that, because, or maybe it was just like the, yeah, it's hard to say if like the the reception or the art itself partakes in um like i mean almost all of his characters are white it's from yeah. I, i've seen mm-hmm. yeah i feel like um uh he kind of draws everyone the same is the thing mm. so it's hard to really tell like where some of his work might go wrong mm. uh i feel like there's definitely some fetishization that on on both ends, really, on his end and the people reading his work, like, you can't really escape that with some of the work he's put out. It's it's kind of multi-layered. <laughs> yeah, it, it's complicated for sure. Yeah. I feel like there's a... I feel like, it, at least when I've engaged it in... I, I took a an LGBT... What was it? Intro to LGBT Studies. Uh, in college, but, um, I mean, coming out of, like, the Tumblr age, it just Mm. felt, like, uh, very, like, polarized of, like, Tom of Finland is bad, and, like, (laughs) uh, not necessarily, I don't know, it's, it's, like, he's either, I think the problems are either not talked about, or that's all that's talked about when it's definitely shades of gray. Yeah, yeah. Much like his artwork. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> I wasn't gonna say anything, but I was drawing a metaphor. There. Uh, <laughs> do you do you consider some of his like uh, unrealistic expectations or un- unrealistic? No, no people really look like his drawings look. You know they're. Oh, yeah. They're dramatized, for sure. And again, that I guess that circles back to whether it's the audience or him of, like, uh, like the whole mask-only, um, mm. hyper-masculine, hyper-fit attitude. Yeah. I know uh, some of his, his work is definitely... Uh, He's going on record as saying as it's it's kind of a reaction towards the in in Finland especially the idea of the the gay man was a very like effeminate kind of wispy character so he mm-hmm. he wasn't interested in drawing that which you can go you can go a couple levels deeper into how how that might be uh kind of problematic especially with some of uh his um he exchanged letters with a guy a lot in the, I believe, the 70s, uh, Dirk Denner, who is now, like, the, the head of the Tama Finland Foundation. And mm-hmm. Dirk has said some some interesting things about um, uh, feminine men and NB people and trans women. So it's it's yeah. hard to get, like, a, an accurate pulse on on his own opinion about that. Yeah, um, I mean, like, obviously, I, I mean, it's like, he was drawing his fantasies. Yeah, and yeah. And everyone has their kinks and, and what they enjoy. Yeah. I guess it's not really his fault that he, like, tapped into that. Uh, yeah. 
but I guess, I guess, yeah, I guess the problem would be the lack of diversity, not, not just on him, but the whole gay community in general. Yeah, definitely. It's very, uh, it's very insular. Mm-hmm. Do you think he's uh, a good source of inspiration for artists creating now? Like, do you feel like people have to, like, at least look at his work and, and know that he's kind of like the grandfather of, of gay erotica? Oh, definitely. He's incredibly technically skilled. Yes, and for sure. His compositions are uh, yeah, rock they're solid. fucking perfect. <laughs> yeah. They're like, like I I look at them and I'm like, wow, no, this is like so far beyond just like some smut. It's like yeah. his his artistic or or like his professional artist background really aided in making his images really compelling because they like they're very fluid and they make like sense compositionally. Yep, yep. I I want to get a giant. He has, like, to- so many anthologies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. John Waters actually put out a book on him. I'm not sure if it's an anthology or not. I, I think that's just, like, mm. worth... That uh, Venn diagram mm. is, like, really amazing to me. <laughs> of, like, John Waters and and Tom of Finland. Yeah, yeah. I know the, um... The... I have one put out by the publisher Toshin. I think it's pronounced T A S C H E N, and those are pretty good. They're they're not like coffee table size books, but mm. they have a really good uh, print quality. That's I, I I think that's something that needs to be. He was so like anal about. There's another one. He's so anal <laughs> about uh, his his reproduction quality that I feel like you need to like. Uh, view it how it's how it's most supposed to be. Viewed. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, what projects are you currently working on? I'm working on so many things. <laughs> <laughs> most of my work is at itsnero.com, but uh, I am currently finishing up my webcomic Carnivore Planet, uh, which is about animal anarchists. Uh, that updates somewhat monthly. I'm I'm almost done. It's about 20 pages from being done. Uh, how, also, how... That's been mm, going on for a while, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about, uh... I think, like, three or so years in. Wow. Uh, that's I'm gonna, amazing. I'm gonna put a book out, finally. <laughs> and I also have, uh... I also put out a gay porn comic, uh, written by my partner, Iris, on, uh slipshine.net it's about cabalistic con men who want to escape a walled city they've grown up in and also there's fucking also there's fucking also there's fucking that's just how it is <laughs> you you made a you made a comic recently that went pretty i i hate i fucking hate saying the world word viral ah, viral like, they went viral but it uh. went it it was it was a lot of people really enjoyed it. It was about like Was it the the one for uh Zeal? Yes, I think so. Yeah, yeah. There was about um the uh becoming gay through catboy visual novels. <laughs> Which I think was I mean, right, right before I <laughs> discovered Tama Finland, so Oh, okay. Perfect. <laughs> 
So people can find your work at itsnero.com and your Twitter, which is, is it just, Uh, it's Nero? It's just, it's Nero. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much for having this conversation with me. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fire My Belly. I want to give a quick shout out to my patrons, Lucy, Michelle, and Mel, for your support. If you like the show, you can hit me up on Twitter at CatGrapham, or just yell at me in any direction, and I'll probably hear you from wherever you are. Until next time. Just some, just some, just some.